0: Hey, we're here on the podcast with superstar Bill Dundee and the owner and the founder of Power Pro Wrestling, Randy Hales, is back with us. The owner, the founder, the president of Power Pro Wrestling. Okay, all right. you got I'm long. getting close there. Um, president. But uh, yeah, we've got Randy Hales back this week and uh, we've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge about the sport. And turn right over to you, Randy. All right. You know, we're talking about 1975. We got into, let's get into the 1976, a, a little bit because uh, Eddie Marlowe was your partner, Tojo was your partner, different people came in, and and so still Bill Dundee became uh, the tech team partner in, in the, the main event tech team part uh, program with whoever, a bunch of different people. But then it became the break of them all where you became the superstar in 1976. They put you with the bicentennial
1: big, year. The bicentennial baby. Right. Big Bad John. Big Bad John. He's a big, mean looking dude. Yes, he was. He was always wore that black leather jacket, not them Nazi steel helmet that he had, and he hit you on the head with it, and he was always a bad guy. So, Jerry Jarrett, being an uh, entrepreneur and a smart businessman and booker that he is, he came and got me and Big Bad John together, and he said, This is the bicentennial year. You need to get a red, white, and blue outfit, big top hat. and We'll call you the bison. you baby. you know Johnny's big 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 what? So that's when he did the superstar thing.
0: And his interviews is when he got started. Lance was leaded in and he's he, whoa yeah, yeah, yeah. and people were in the band whoa. Oh I mean, he yeah, he's character. The bison did not be learning from on, This is uh Superstar, superstar Billy, Billy Dundee. Dundee Billy, Dundee. I Billy remember Dundee that was it and it stuck right It stuck I guess the announcers started calling you then when they sent the Eddie or Jerry or whoever sent the newspaper ad in Bill superstar uh Dundee and of course I bet you're called superstar as much if not more than you are Bill right these days uh but big bed, John so that was, and he didn't stay a long time either well, he, had, he had demons oh why what? what's the deal with i your... seen him have him in breakfast it's a little <laughs> park bottle breakfast now george didn't leave because of
1: that no, no 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 george just no. homesick homesick and but and the bobby Shane thing did not he help i mean george was a little more what's the word i am looking for can't think of the frigging word but i mean he, he, not homesick not homesick but i mean he, he he looked a big rough tough thing but he would you know, you, you could get to it. sentimental. Sentimental, lots of word. Right? <laughs> <Yay! laughs> sentimental, yeah. Sentimental, George Barnes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he was a little more sentimental than people thought he was, just the image and how he was at, at the other way from the ring. That don't mean that he'd not; he wouldn't knock the shit out. of No, oh, yeah, he would still do that. But anyway, the, the Bobby Shane thing got to him, and he didn't take care for it here, and he missed his family, and it's it's hard.
0: And your family
1: came, you, came here, you? yeah. The, the, they were here, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, the first month. First month.
1: Here yeah. they came. I, I came to stay. Right. You'd draw it, and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. I'd get a truck driver's job or whatever. could not drive a truck. That'd be So,
0: 76. Uh, 75, 76.
1: And you really,
0: at this point, uh, you were established as a good dad the baby face. You were also uh, living in Nashville, riding with Jerry Jerry. The owner of the company, Eddie Marlin, the, Bobby on the road, driving the car, us <laughs> in the back. Yay! The father in law, you know, Eddie Marlin, you know, became friends as well as tactics. Well, oh, if you're going the to kiss us, kiss the right one. right? Yeah, I would not implying <laughs> that. I'm just saying but yeah. that. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened if you'd have stayed the right. bill because
1: right. you wouldn't have been allowed to do that. Yeah, it's you're it's absolutely right. right. So, in that, so thing, okay. Christine Jarrett was right. She said the little cute devil needs to be the good guy. Here we are. Right. Well, here's the thing. So we'll talk about 1977, and
0: we're going to dive deep in 1977. And this is something uh, I'm going to scoot away when I say this because I'm going to say this in a way it's about building the God's gospel. Uh, but it has never been said said at this time. So at the time in 77, you were married to. Beverly Dundee, correct? Correct. Now, what the people don't know, Bill, in 1977, you got married again. You got married again in 1977, but in the wrestling business way, it's a good way. Because starting in 1977, and this has been your longest marriage of them all. Yeah. You got married to Jerry Long and that started in 1977 so explain that because people say are they crazy but when you're feeding with somebody
1: problem with somebody you are know, i married to dundee or i'm married to, yeah, we use it from that the, the fans i don't think understand that part but that's technically what it is you mm-hmm. see your opponent or your partner more than you see your wife but anyway Longer knew how the story was, he just left. He got mad at Jarrett. He says said, I shouldn't go to the big towns or the small towns. And Jarrett said, well, don't go to the big ones and run his ass off. Right. So then when they brought him back, the new dog was in the yard. The old dog coming home. Right. Like, right. So anyway, he comes and says, hey, Jerry, Long, it's one of them things. You know what I mean? So the first time they put us together, it, it clicked. And I think somebody just dropped the machine. All right. Are we still on, folks?
0: Yeah, we're good. now. he dropped my phone. He dropped his phone. phone.
1: That's all right. <laughs> your, your phone didn't get a snack. <laughs> we'll
0: all we right. here. So all anyway,
1: right. you know, here comes the king. Superstar's already just been born. So that was the first time i had seen him technically. You we know, went just as still blah, 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 blah. So then... From that day on, it didn't seem to matter whether we were partners or we were against one another. People just liked to see us in the ring. And I think they understood that we had a lot of respect for one another, but we wasn't best of friends. Now, we, you know what I mean? We, we never went out doing nothing. The, well, he didn't do half the stuff I did, but no. he didn't drink. He, would, he told her not, not that you have to drink, but I like to drink beer and do a few other things. The king didn't, and that's all right. So... The jealousy thing, we, thought we was jealous of one another, but we we knew one another was around. Right.
0: And one thing, so in 76, basically separated. He was a bad guy. He was a heel. He was a Southern champion. You were almost that year with Big Bad John and Rocky Johnson came in in 76 and everything that happened there. But you were in the tag team situation. He was in a single situation. Then in 1977, it changed because Jerry Jarrett, let's, we talk, everything ties together here because we talked about Nick Dulles earlier, talked about uh, Jerry Jarrett. And so it came a time in around uh, March, late February, early March, where uh, there was a major fallout, falling out between Jerry Jarrett and Nick uh, and uh, And basically, Jarrett. Formed his own company, pulled away. You stayed, Lawler. Everybody stayed, but Jackie Fargo and Tony Everybody the two stayed. You would him. have
1: thought would have stayed, right? But Lawler, I mean, Jared courted them long enough that they eventually came over, right? And I still don't know why they stayed. One thing I talked to, to
0: Jarrett on his podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he thinks that they were kind of scared because Nick had made them a living for so long, and he yeah, was but- the promoter. And they and a new company going out, you would have thought you have Dundee at Law or I bet for Jerry Jarrett. Plus the brains of Jerry Nick Gillis wasn't exactly known no. as a genius.
1: No, no. George, certainly, George wasn't. certainly wasn't. George certainly wasn't. And George wasn't over as a wrestler. No. So he had really nothing going for him. And and Fargo would have been part time at best at that point right. anyway. And I think that Fargo's thing he could tell Nick what to do. And he couldn't, Jerry Jared. No.
0: At that point, Jerry Jarrett was hands-on on, right. on uh, every word you said, everything you
1: did. Every well, his whole life was on the line. I mean, he uh, broke away. You know how that goes. It either ever or, it a survival, or make it or sink, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, Jerry took over in 77 uh, in March or uh, April, and so he's bringing in Bob Okson and Ron Fuller and different guys from all over or Rocky Johnson but oh.
1: all right for all you chicken breeders out there if you're looking for new chicken coops you call chicken partners at telephone 336 391 9773 and you will get a hell of a deal and you'll get 10% off and tell them the superstar told you yeah. to call All right, if you're all out there and you're looking for a new roof, why don't you give Baker Roofing a call at 901 574 7775? And if you call that number, tell them the superstar told you to call, you'll get 10% off your new roof. Six foot you seven, master.
0: 350 pounds. You remember well, Leroy, oh, Brown? oh, yeah. yeah. Big bad boy. I knew him when he tagged up with Ernie Ladd. But it's uh, a Big, Big boy. A oh, Brown, badass man, Oh damn. Damn, but I had some dates here, and this is talking a little philosophy. Uh, this you like this, this is booking philosophy. So, Rex, you understand what we're saying? He's fixed. He's been in tag team situation. Waller's gonna need an opponent and an opponent, uh, to last, uh, for months. Uh, How about years. <laughs> uh, this first part, a one, yeah. the first part, part of for months. So, what you have to do is. Uh, Bill has to have the credibility to be a main event single wrestler, and this is how it was done. On June the 12th, on a Monday night, Bill Dundee beat Bad Bad Laurel Brown, 7,000 people. On June 19th, Bill Dundee, who Jerry Lawler was the manager of, is King Jerry Lawler, who was saying, I didn't that to beat anybody. And Lawler will say that about 10 million more times. Uh, But June the 19th, Second week in a row, Bill Dundee beat big, big bad, giant Leroy bad bad Brown. Leroy Brown. June the twenty-seventh. Cage match. Bill Indeed, beat Bad Bad Leroy Brown. And so one, two, three, four, uh, four. And then on July the fourth, which holidays are hard to draw. Yeah. You no know doubt about it. And so the setup of the match on July the 4th was going to uh, be uh, Jerry Lawler against Bill Dundee, and uh, Lawler was saying Dundee got lucky and all that sort of thing, got lucky, and he said that that he could beat Dundee twice in 10 minutes. Never happened, so Dundee won the, the match. So the very first single uh, match at the Coliseum between the two of them, July the 4th. Uh, 1977, drew 5,500 people on the 4th of July. June, June, July the 11th, uh, Waller's car was at stake. By the way, I forgot to say that building uh, D won the uh, Southern Hemingway title. Then the next week, he put his uh, cars uh, at stake, did 8,100 people. Um, Next week, Waller won. Week after that, Dundee won. They started... Uh, putting uh, stuff together. So, uh, so Lawler's hair was put in, at stake on August the 1st, 1977, and it was Lawler putting his hair at stake against Bill Dundee's Southern Heavyweight Championship, and it sold out 11,600 uh, people. Randy, how long it had it been since there had been a sellout? You know there were near sellouts all the time, but uh, well, oh, uh, not all the time. But the, that was the first sellout of the year. Yeah, first sellout of the year uh, for sure. 1974, I think, had more sellouts uh, than any year in the history uh, of the, of the town or uh, wrestling-wise. Because first of all, they didn't open up the Coliseum to 1972, and uh, the Ellis Auditorium, the Convention Center didn't hold but what four thousand people? That's five, best, something yeah. like. I mean, they instantly knew that they had something on their head, some magical, something was happening something to draw magical. that fast. So here's uh eight eight. So the second of the sellouts in a row. Uh now the uh the third, and Bill and I talked about this earlier, so it was uh Bill here versus Lawler's manager, Mickey pool's hair, and the title that uh, at uh, stake, but it wasn't hair versus hair, but it was was Mickey's hair uh, at stake against Bill's hair, and it drew a sellout, eleven thousand six hundred people. Now, we talked about this next week. You must have lost that match, and the people, I think, because the manager Harold was at stake, the people paid to see Mickey get his hair cut, and he, they didn't do it. So the next week, eight twenty-two, his hair was all at stake again against your hair. Well, the week before they paid almost twelve thousand on them to see Mickey gets his hair cut, and the people came back the next week, your hair on the line, they didn't want to see you, you get your hair cut. And I guess they were mad they didn't get to see Mickey's the week before the crowd dropped to seventy-five. 100 people that way. Do you think we just kind of went to the well once too yeah, often? you can do that. Right. Good intentions. And it's later in the month. Uh, so then on 8, uh, 29, August 29, uh, Hair versus uh, card did about 8,000 people. Then uh, 11,000 near sellout. And the prices uh, were raised. So this is. Uh, September the 5th. So remember, this started in June. So September the 5th, it was Hare versus Hare, Southern Tyler State, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, one of the biggest matches in the history of the town, and it did 11,000 people, close to its ally. And, of course, uh, we might have talked about this last time, but you lost the match, and the very next week, kinda of last second plan. Going into this first hair match, you did not know what you were gonna come back with the week after, right? Right. That happened at the office in the conversation. So we came back the very next week, uh with Beverly Dundee's hair at stake. Right. Uh against Lawler's hair and the people thought that uh Lawler no way they cut the, that. The, um, and they did ninety uh ninety five hundred people. Um, real So people talk about, and this is just part one of the Dundee uh, feud with uh, with Jerry Lawler. Might me skip around uh, a little bit here and go to kind of part part two, unless, have we, do we have our ta- time? Oh, no, does, we got plenty of time left. Okay. Keep rolling. So that's amazing. If you uh think about it, remember, started June uh, the 12th. To establish, uh, and Bill had his credibility anyway, absolutely. It was very uh, popular, but the credibility of the single main event, Babyface, you hadn't been there because you'd never been in one before. I mean, no. so the, I think the key to this whole thing was the, oh, let's see, one, two, the four weeks with Leroy. Yeah. Leroy really helped get you over as a single baby, right? Yeah. So that was... Good. So after, do you remember what happened uh, when uh, uh, Lawler retired? At that point, right? right. He went on. To, they said he would go on tour. Remember that? they He going to be a singer. So they had a Southern Heavyweight Tournament the Monday night, uh, and uh, everybody thought he would win. Uh, the so you know the uh, with with Lawler gone, so the debate was. Who was the best of the two of them, anyway? Dundee. We always said that Dundee won won more of the matches, well or won more of the stip- more of the important ones yeah. than he did. That would change later. Uh, but so everybody thought that Dundee would win the thing. But they had a Southern tournament coming in, and handsome Jimmy Valiant made his first appearance at the Mid South College uh, Sim, and that would have been around October or something like that. He won the uh, tournament. Finally, Lawler was going to do a concert, an intermission uh, of the Mid-South Coliseum of the wrestling matches, and Vaget came out uh, and busted a guitar over his head and and, often running uh, with that thing. And and then uh, when Vaget Vaget would bring in his brother, at this point, Dundee and Lawler made up. I guess not made up because you never really – Lawler was always – the hill and Dundee was all. oh uh, once that that program had started they were never buddies or established but they were established this go around how was your matches oh uh, when they brought Johnny Vagan in with Jimmy against you in law how did you draw and how were the matches and how what kind of wrestler oh uh, Hanson had a lot of charisma to talk like that not the greatest wrestler in the world no he, but Johnny could do it all he didn't really? talk as good as handsome but Wrestling wise, he was way, heaps and bounds ahead of him. No doubt.
1: No doubt. He could, he, could, you know, he could work.
0: Do you remember Do you remember it drawing whatsoever? Yeah, I think it could. So, 77 was Valiant. Uh, started in 78 uh, was the feud with Joe LeDuc and Lawler. John Lee, his acting partner, came in. So Laduke and Louie, Louis, Louis e came in and wrestled Dundee and uh Lawler Valiant was switched Sonny King and, and the manager, yeah. so there's six man acting uh matches and that uh, that leads us right uh, to a, another thing. It's an interesting story. Um uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler had been the bookers. Um, you know Jarrett would uh with, and this was two years into the company, so I don't know for sure if Lawler had ever had his turn or not. Uh, but for some reason in 1979, maybe because Jerry Jarrett's partner was Buddy Fuller, in 79 Robert Fuller became the booker. Now, do you remember, if, had Lawler ever had the chance to do it before that? Uh, or tell me why in the world Jerry Jarrett who is he was Especially that was it a great book or why in the world would he bring Robert Fuller in the book? But he pulled the water. Right. But he was his partner and was would, would technically was he the senior partner or just with no, the same? It was, I think they were the same, fifty fifty uh partner, and I guess he just thought Jarrett needed a break or whatever and, and so Robert had some uh buddy was saying some great success up in Knoxville book in it, but I think it was Ron that was the one that had success. Of both. Yeah. So it was Robert we got, and he came in with that pressure for Tanaka and and uh, yeah, yeah, didn't do yeah. No, it was bad. It was uh it was real bad. And Robert's so funny and great, a uh, great guy, but he did not have booking success uh, it says here. And so they had a tournament for a van tournament or mid coke tournament or some kind of thing that he had pushed for a month and didn't draw a dime. And so um. So he was fired, right? Yeah. Nineteen seventy-nine. So all of a sudden, Rex, uh, you had your Booker, uh, being fired. So he uh, pulls his whole crew crew out, which was Professor Tor Tanaka and Mister Fuji and Gorgeous Jordan no, Junior Don, uh, Carson, the Mongolian stopper, everybody. All of a sudden, after that Monday night, he was fired. By uh, Saturday, TV, or uh, their crew. No crew was Lawler and Dundee and a bunch of extras, a That's bunch of people. The the junk, yeah, a bunch of people that, that draw didn't draw any money, uh, that hadn't drawn any money. So, so what that set up is one of the greatest things, and it happened on June the fourteenth or fifteenth of nineteen seventy nine. So they had a TV, they had one TV to make this the Monday night draw. The whole crew was uh, gone. So what they did is uh, Lawler and Dundee uh, were the Southern Tech team champions. They got lucky that they were at the time the crew left. And so in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, they put a team of underneath guys, Wayne Ferris and Larry Latham. Wayne Ferris later became the honky-tonk man, and Larry Latham became the moon dog. This time they put Danny Davis uh, as their manager, Sergeant Danny Davis, caught on the block, bombers, and that night, the Friday night, the camera crew in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, and the blonde bomb bombers cheated and left with the belts. It became the Southern Tag Team champions. Lance Russell there announcing. camera got up in the little loft, and then I'll let Bill describe what happened after the one, two, three, one one of the two or three most memorable things in the history of Memphis Wrestling happens in Tupelo, Mississippi, and there was great motivation. Yes, there was. Jarrett was trying to save his territory.
1: Yes, he was. So, anyway, we'd done this a hundred times before. The heels steal the belts and they run to the back. We chased them. So, they jump over in the concession stand. So, we jump over behind them. That's the first time we'd ever all been in the concession stand at the same time. Good guys, bad guys. So, Wayne Ferris is looking at Jerry Lawler, like, what do we do? There's a big jar of pickles right there. Oh, said this. He picks up. Wham! And Dwayne ducks it, hits the wall, and breaks all over the place. I nail Larry Latham. We were rolling around, and here comes Jerry Jarrett trying to break it up. Well, that was. Anyway, nobody's paying no attention. It was just one of them things that happened. We fight all over the damn concession stand, wreck that. Chairman Sheffield was just trying to save his bubble gum and all the <laughs> popcorn, jar, popcorn and all that. So anyway, that was the concession stand.
0: The two-block concession stand brawl, and it was a brawl, and it grew all over the territory. Now, in and, and the territory, I mean, you lose your whole crew uh, just like that. Now, he didn't have to be in two or uh, – didn't lose the whole crew. The top two guys he had, Jerry Lawler and Bill D kept – it just so happened Danny Davis was trained right, Larry Latham was trained right, uh, so was Wayne Ferris. So – no, Nobody had done anything with them before, but they had Lauren Dundee to lead them. They knew what to do. They just right. hadn't
1: been putting that. And Danny Davis had heat on him Sergeant Danny Davis. Right. So we had heat on the heel manager.
0: And and the thing just clicked, and it was the wildest Memphis known for wild stuff. It was the wildest thing they um uh, ever uh, seen, and it just uh, plugged, plugged away. And at the right time, it seemed oh, oh, long oh, like Dundee is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Premier. Absolutely. Then we'll skip ahead and uh, so tag team matches with Waller was all, happening uh, a lot uh, that year. But then at the end of 79, uh, they switched Waller back and started uh, the Dundee program all over. They brought Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, in as tag team partner, not as manager of Jerry Waller, but he wasn't really – Waller could talk. He yeah. wasn't really yeah. – uh, you know, his mouthpiece at his all. Plunk. Right, his plunk. and But in uh, early in 1980, Waller always, uh, or Dundee would be working on a Sunday or anybody uh, else pretty much. Waller was playing... Uh, Softball. No, it was football. 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 Yeah, tackle yeah, football. Tag football or football. Yeah, football. yeah. and, football. Yeah, and tell, tell the wrestling fans listening to this. Who broke... <laughs> yeah, who yeah, did
1: didn't. And Jerry Jarrett had told Lawler, Don't play that damn game, Lawler. You're going to end up getting hurt. Now, man, it's only touch football. Well, apparently, Jerry Calhoun tackled him. The, the referee. The referee, Jerry Calhoun tackled Lawler, and he switched up in the ground. He had bleached on, broke his leg. Ooh, mercy, they had to call Jerry Jarrett up and tell him Lawler broke his leg. Oh, my God, I was in the office when that call came in. He was called everything but a white man. Oh, that yeah, yeah. I told him that, you know how it was. And Jerry Jarrett's not that
0: type of personality. Right. When he's taller, he's mad. Right. So, yeah.
1: Anyway, he so, has to do another drastic thing.
0: And that drastic uh, thing was uh, make of uh, Jimmy Hart, the center of the hill curve. Right. That he went, goes on Memphis TV in January of 19... 19- one and oh, I'm sure. the, the This the, Nick, the, okay, talk to Nick. Hello. Can we pause this? Uh, no. No. but uh, okay, okay. Well, the referee so, so, actually changed the territory. So, so, well, the broken leg did yeah. change the territory. The top star, Jerry Jarrett, thought they'd go out of business. Made Jimmy Hart, the manager, went on TV that on uh, Saturday and said, "What do you do with a work? Well, of you shoot it and then establish the first family. So when Waller came back December the 30th, now this happened in January. So they had to last from January to December before the person this was built around uh, came back. So you had a little Willie, you had uh, Bill, I had some Jimmy with back, yeah, uh, baby face. Yeah. Started the first family, put some steam up uh, on uh, them. But Paul Aller didn't come in, he was a was a hit. Yeah. But one other interesting uh thing happened and I got in front of me. How can I say this without uh knocking? Uh, Memphis was really never known a lot for for technical uh, wrestling. One thing, Jerry Waller's style, and I'm not knocking his style because I think Dundee will agree with me when you talk about the greatest workers, greatest wrestlers in the history of the business. We both with Jerry Lawler's name down in Hartley, right? You're right. However, technical wrestling wise, you didn't really bring a lot of technical wrestlers in because Lawler would not want to wrestle with him and wouldn't really necessarily have good matches. Two names of why Lawler was out that whole year uh, that made uh, impact. And one of my favorite matches, one of my favorite non lawler matches that you had took place in Jackson, Tennessee. See in 1980, talk tonal Tony Charlie. Charles and Billy Robinson, the two technical guys.
1: uh Even Les Thornton might have been in yeah, there.
0: making up for all the lack of technical wrestlers for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, but them three Englishmen could all wrestle, and that's what they wanted to do. So you had to move somebody could work with them, and Little Willie could do that.
0: Bill could, uh, but the territory and. To say it did sell out business that year, it didn't do that. Uh, But certainly people thought that it would go, it was built completely around Lawler, they thought, and and that it wouldn't survive without Lawler. I'm sure Lawler thought that maybe. Jerry Jerry was in a little fear about it. Bill, I'm sure that you had confidence. I don't think it's so good. So it didn't sell out every. Night But it had some Good. very respectful right. uh, uh, things. And it
1: didn't die and go away either. was still here. or was for the next 20 years after that. No doubt about it. But those
0: matches, I'm sure. Remember the match in, uh, in Jackson? Uh, it was actually being taped. And I don't think Tony knew that it was being taped. And the, the end hey, of the match man. came to finish with the sunset flip. Was,
1: was that the, the skin of cow? Or yeah, Richard? And that was Tony's actual finisher. And you see him shake his fist at the camera, but he's doing that to Robert Fuller. Right. He didn't know it was being taped. Right. And that was when they did they put me over. And, and Robert was booking And Robert was booking it. Because he, when he went and did the thing, he said, well, we ain't taping it. And Tony said, well, okay. And then Tony saw the camera, and you see him in the middle of the match going to Robert. <laughs>
0: but he went ahead and did, he went
1: and did the thing anyway, yeah. And I enjoyed
0: the match. Billy Robinson, same way? Same yeah, way.
1: Billy Robinson was true.
0: One of the, the other things that uh, I thought was uh, interesting, I don't know if I can uh, find the, the thing, and try to see what, what you remember uh, about this. NWA World Champion. Started coming here in 73, Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Terry Funk, Dory Funk Jr., later on, Rick Flair. In 79, two years after Derek split off from uh Nick, he ended up uh going uh, with uh, with the AWA and started using the uh AWA uh champion. Yeah. Can can you explain that? Did, were you in the office at that point, flying the switch?
1: Did uh, the AWA got hard to do Crockett? Would you have to go through him? Well, the player was, you know, the, know I'm not a big Rick Flair fan anyway, right. but Nick Buckwinkle was more classy than, you know, how he talked and dressed and walked. And Jarrett got along good with Gagne. So that's how we changed the AWA. I don't know if there's anything more than that, but that
0: looked like to me. He probably could get more
1: dates on the more dates on Yeah. On yeah. On the,
0: the champion that... that the point. Do you remember this
1: time?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you all talk about the AWA and Nick Bob Lincoln. Let me. Well, this we had, had some, information. some information. We had talked about um, Harley Race didn't really like coming to Memphis a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. he had started out in Tennessee. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. But he, I think he just didn't like coming to Lower yeah. <laughs> Memphis. Yeah, uh, knew and knowing who he would have to work with, and uh, you had talked about. How classy Nick Bockwinkel was, and how he yeah. carried himself.
1: Oh, he I thought he was the classiest champion we had. I mean, very classy guy.
0: He was one of my favorite champions. Looked the part, all talked all the part. Right. Yeah,
1: he looked, he looked
0: like a champion. Yeah. Right. Well, what you know? What Bill? Today is uh, 17th of September. It reminded me, this is the first day, uh, in 1981, that Ric Flair did become the World Heavyweight Champion, way back in '81. Take it on Harley Race. taking the belt from Harley Race. I know that's a fine spot in your heart.
1: Oh, yeah, but I'm not a Rick Flair fan. So and neither am I. <laughs> no, Harley, I love Harley to death. And he's, thing, Flair is, he's to me, he's just wreck Flair. But anyway, what can you say to me? You
0: Randy, know, do, do you remember you uh, Bill and I actually talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Jerry Jarrett's stab at, uh, I guess, not going to deal with anybody and, Coming up with his own world heavyweight Champion. the CWA championship. True. And that was more Laura. as well. Lawler. That
1: wasn't Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett hated that belt. Uh, he told Billy Robinson, I'm going to book you against Lawrence and you beat him. Take that fucking belt and go keep he, he hated that belt.
0: And when we had the
1: credibility with having, even though it was two,
0: three times a year, a world champion shouldn't be in your no, territory every week anyway. Doesn't mean anything. So when he beat Kurt Henning in nineteen eighty eight, uh the quest for the gold was over with and it took several years because the people didn't believe the fact because the never leave. Uh you know, the world champion there on the Monday night, and mm-hmm. I think that that hurt us and I'm almost to this date that i am uh, hard know. to book behind that one, Randy. Oh, absolutely. So Established forever in uh, W.A. territory, and I wanted to share with you guys a very, and you come kind of Bill, I want to share with you the card of the very first A.W.A. Uh, Champions time the A.W.A. came into Memphis. This was August 21st, 1978, drawing a sellout for 11,000 people. The very first match, Porkchop Cash, Steve Kyle and Bearcat Brown beat Hunt Schroeder, Don Bass
1: in the bounty hunter.
0: Pretty good, match. Second match, help me here. Some of these I might not know. NWA women's tag team champs Beverly Shade and Natasha beat Ann Casey and Sherry Lee. Yeah, Ann Casey was a good-looking woman. You hey, her? yes, sir. Oh, and right. You know, Beverly oh. Shade lives right down the road, actually in South Haven right now. Oh, yep. she Two came to there. the club yes, not sir. too long ago. Absolutely. Then the third match on the card, listen to this, Bill. Bill, Superstar Dundee, Dick the Bruiser, Tommy Gilbert, and Wayne Ferris. No contest with Joe Leduc, John Louis, and Handsome Jimmy and Luscious Johnny Bayon. And that's just the third match on the card. Is that
1: all them people in that one and match? One yes. Match? Oh, that's, that's a lot, lot got of guys.
0: <laughs> Again, it's Dundee,
1: Bruiser, Tommy Gilbert, and Wayne Ferris against
0: Leduc, Louis, and LeVayan, brothers. May have been anywhere in the country, you know that easy to say. But the next match is a National Wrestling Alliance. And I don't know why they kicked the NWA out on the world champion and then brought the world junior champion in. That makes no sense. But this is what it says. Nelson Royal yeah, he
1: was the junior Champion
0: beat Jackie Welch. I don't have many memories of Jackie
1: Welch, so you gotta take that. Oh well, he was Better than fair. He, he, would, he was. He was a pretty good wrestler, but his personality was like a bag of doo doo.
0: He wasn't <laughs> much. This next match had to be for politic or reason because back then there was no cable TV, so you could be a national, worldwide star, and people in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, would would have never heard of you. So Tommy Gilbert would be more of a not to uh, not Tommy because he was great. Or Eddie Marlin, or Tommy Rich, or whatever, would have been a bigger star than this next guy. But nationwide, worldwide, Vern Gagne, the owner of the AWA, came in and he wrestled uh, against uh, Eddie Sullivan. So wouldn't you think at that time in uh, in nineteen seventy eight, August the twenty first, no cable yet, Willie? Right, right.
1: But Gagne was a big star white back in the fifties. Right. So I mean, he had a lot of. Different eras that
0: he got. He worked. So you think the people in Memphis would have known who Vern Gagne was? Known mm-hmm. who he was, but
1: over, over, no.
0: And explain to me who Eddie Sullivan was. Was he a mighty Yankee
1: with Frank Morrell at oh, one yeah, time? Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah. So that was, I would think that match, even though the card sold out, I think having Vern on the car, paying the payoff and the plane ticket and all that was politics, politics more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Then the next match, speaking of politics and you can talk about all these guys AWA tag team champions Greg Gagne and Jim Ronzell defeated Cowboy Frankie Lane and Mike Boyette don't mean nothing I mean you know how they work Cowboy
1: Frankie Lane was a good worker Mike Boyette was a good worker just kind of crazy but but on the card in Memphis I didn't mean a hell of mean
0: no No, and I'm telling you about this card because this card was pol politically right the the seventh match with Jerry lawler versus awa world champion nick Balfour, bobby by the only time he ever came in here and the people really had never had always been used to the nwa champion. for this to sell out uh the, they had to nick i'm sure sent in an interview but i'll tell you the money matches on this card uh there's two and that's Lawler. Versus Nick and Dundee, Bruiser, Gilbert, and one Prayers against Luke, Louis, and handsome Jimmy right. plus Johnny. I would even, and I'm not saying it just because Bill's here. I'm just, and I think I can back it all up with figures and everything. Nick had, or had had to be proven and it would come in later. I think your match drew more money than anything. And
1: yeah, all, all them different. guys got over
0: here. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Individually, Dick, each guy was over. And Dick. The Bruiser was the one guest guy, but he had come in and out the previous year team with you. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, Russell against oh, me. Yeah. With Barnes and Dundee, had a program with Walter. so they knew him and professional football player and had a lot of publicity. He got that was at Alex Karras or something. Yeah. When he to fight. Right in uh, Chicago. So see what you see right now with with this Build and podcast. I can guarantee you no. Oh. Uh, Podcast. Well, Jerry Jarrett's podcast. So I have some uh, Memphis Wrestling dates but Bill. Jerry Jarrett's last guest uh, was uh, Scott Bowden talking about the career of, of uh, Hulk Hogan. And uh, that sucks. The, and the thing is, uh, Bowden wasn't around. Here. I w- I wouldn't feel like I was an expert talking about. I was a kid. I'm match as Max and Joe. Bro, true. But how can I give inside information about Hulk Hogan? Well, I can't. I like and I've that's not the route for Memphis.
1: WCW right. and everything. And right. Scott Beldon certainly can't. Right. He don't know the difference between
0: a wrist lock and a wrist watch. Hi, yeah, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Hi, Scott Beldon, you son of a gun. You. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> now, you
1: were <laughs> and you did Scott's podcast. Well, i get your name out there somewhere
0: right, right there. But what would be, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, Stuff I think the people think will be interested. I love talking about the evolution of Bill from the hill with George, and we ran we ran over that entire Barnes Dundee timeline. Went to the Big Bad John Superstore era. Went to the Lawler Dundee uh, feud and, such stand and stand stand brawl, and now here. So we can either oh uh, your battery's running low. I'll be a son of a gun. We can either. Oh uh, cut it whenever you want to cut it, or if you want to the Dundee Law few Part Two, if you want to go. Yeah, with let's that. go, Randy. I, I I want to hear the rest. All <laughs> right. So 1983. Bill Dundee had been here since 1975. Right. right? Since the end of 75 was the baby face. And so he was established, but at that point in eighty uh three what a hell of a baby face uh, crew they had. They had the fabulous one, Stan Lane, Steve Kern, they had Jerry Lawler, they had the Rock and Roll Express, they had Dutchman uh Phil, did I say Terry Taylor? Terry Taylor, yeah. Uh and Tommy Rogers, a big baby face crew in the uh and at the time this was when uh Georgia Championship Wrestling got hot as hell and started expanding, going into Illinois not Illinois, Ohio Ohio and Michigan and all that of uh, places. So Ole Anderson was the promoter and the booker and he uh, was doing all these tours and his local uh, towns, Chattanooga and uh, Macon and Columbus and all those went down. So he talked to Jerry uh, Jarrett so it uh, it was established that um, I'm sure Jerry pitched the idea whatever that, that Bill would take a crew from Tennessee um, and they would go down there, do a TV based out of Chattanooga, and do all those uh, Georgia towns except for Atlanta. And so Bill agreed to do that because that was uh, before what? Right? Uh, yes. yes, that was I yeah. eighty three. Uh, Lawler had recently taken took over the booking job, and you know that little deal. Oh, yeah, you know, almost another Nick and uh, Judge situation, <laughs> but not quite. Yeah. But anyway. Way. Basically, Lawler, one of the things he asked for was the booking job. That meant Bill was no part of the booker, even though he was a Help Lawler, because he didn't go to the town. But still, Bill took the, the job. That meant, um, and they knew this in advance. And so what they did, they were building toward um, a loserly town match with Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler. It happened on June the 6th, 1983 but to get to that point all of a sudden um they needed to switch your heel and they did it gradually people would not uh start disliking you just right away and it started with um terry taylor the southern heavyweight champion young know, good looking babyface and the story that was told oh uh, and they told it logically uh that uh, Bill used to be in the cute guy and the top cute guy around there in a long time, and there was all of a sudden younger, keto people, or, or and a, lot, lot more, a lot more people, and that was the angle that was the deal. Bill getting jealous, and so your matches with Terry Taylor uh, started baby face, baby face, and then you started to get a little rugged or more rugged, and it started cheating, and, and it just uh, evolved, and so you went through. Um, Kerry Taylor, then you went to Tommy Rogers. then you and went, and went to Dutch, Tommy on TV, uh, yeah. Dutch Man Tale, <laughs> uh, and, and then it became on, um, on the holiday weekend, uh, end of May, um, that you, wrestled uh, Lawler for the first time since that, um, Bill's a Babyface, a long, time, long time, and so, uh, so Bill won the Southern, uh, title, and then the next week, they came back with Loser League Town match, and the beauty of this was June 6, 1983, Lawler had been full-time since 73, him since 75. Both of them beat 100 people in Loser League Town matches, but this, the people could not figure out. Or they, could assume, or they could see either one of them winning in other words. and they didn't have a clue because they were both mainstays at the point i wanted to talk about this match and not just because he he's here i've seen all kinds of wrestling matches why when i'm including uh, every world champion everything the best wrestling match i've ever seen in my life was june the 6th 1983 jerry lawler versus bill and really? i really watch it a hundred times it's the best wrestling match i've ever seen in my life i will also say that the television june the 4th I want a half and I don't have you ever seen that show? It was yes, an hour, hour and a half of of, of Eddie Marlin sitting between Waller and Dundee at the house desk with uh Lance Russell and it was an hour and a half hype for that match and they made it important, just like the match was important. The baby faces in the hill were uh, both all out on, on uh, in front of the front row actually in seats, but the uh the great just that, Absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Are you going to put yourself over, or is it going to just me be you saying, me saying that's the best match no, I've
1: ever seen? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll put me over. All right. <laughs> Who won it?
0: Well, Lawler didn't. Didn't no, put no. you over.
1: <laughs> uh, Lawler <laughs> won the match. Remember, you were going to Georgia. Yeah, that's what I'm just I was trying, oh, was trying to get in my head yeah. where I was going to Georgia. Georgia. But anyway, yeah. And i I agree with you. It was a hell of a match. Oh, it's maybe I was fighting for my life. Didn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, mean, I think you probably thought that would be a good chance for you. Actually, uh, Oli wasn't. We talked about this last time. Oli wasn't enough to fault Yeah, Oli wasn't enough
1: to So let's have full rank. Then that's why I said, was it before Watts? That could have been Oli. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. dollars
0: <laughs> in two years. Because yeah. this, this is what happened. There, so you go. Do you remember how many weeks you were in Georgia? 10, Ten, eight,
1: um, probably ten or twelve. Yeah.
0: So I had to. So so oh, always screw that. It didn't work, and of course they wouldn't let it work. Uh, and so so he had lost the loser league uh, for a year match. All of a sudden he was. Oh, uh, job. That that <laughs> one there. So he came back here, and they did something. So I forgot how how they made it make sense, but. They made it make sense that he was allowed. to come in. I think they stripped of the chance, stripped the Southern title, and this is genius. And and they stripped the, the tournament. tournament, tournament yeah. and they said the last three Southern champions yeah. would get a chance to be in oh, yeah. this, and yeah. uh, and you were one of the last three champions. Made sense, uh, logical. People didn't yeah. think it was. Girl, I think if you'd come back and won that tournament. They might have thought, well, he got beat up last. That would have probably got heat on promotion. But But then they eventually, he got beat up by the Moondogs and Jimmy Hart. Waller became his partner, and that was fixed. And then, uh, so by the end of the, my dates are running crazy in my head. A lot of this I'm doing off the top of my head. I've started with notes, but we've expanded this a lot more than I thought. So at the end of the year, 84, here comes somebody calling, a visitor to the Mid-South College Museum, I'm talking to him, explain the arrival of Bill, Bill, Cowboy Bill Watts, how his territory was at the time, how it was meant to uh, be, and, uh, and right, how you got the job there, and then I'll explain how they kind of wrote you out here. I bet you yeah.
1: don't even remember when I tell you. What well, that part, was. but I remember the, the lead-up to me okay. going to okay. it. But Watts was there he was dead on a task.
0: With, with ugly guys and ugly big guys. will
1: be just big guys. I mean, right. you know. So he was in the office talking to Jerry Jarrett about what he could do to get it back up. So they're talking about whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Jerry Jarrett said, Bill, the first thing you need to do is stop that little sucker over there. See if he'll come book it for you. So he wanders over to me and he says, uh, Would you like to go to Louisiana? Stud, call everybody stud back there. I said, Well, yeah. He said, uh, I could probably guarantee you that you won't have a week below three thousand dollars <laughs> a week below three thousand dollars. That'll be the worst week. I'm
0: surprised Jerry Jarrett didn't, didn't accept the job. Right.
1: right. <laughs> so anyway, he, I said, "Yeah, I'd like to go." So, go home, tell we're going to Louisiana. So we pack up the old kit and caboodle, and we go to Louisiana. Now, Mickey, Robert. Terry Taylor, yep. Buddy Landell, Bill Dundee, thats right, yeah. Dutch meant well Dutch would have been the ugliest of that. Right. That right. Like them people I just over you. you were all cute.
0: Right.
1: And that was technically the same crew that went to Ole. Yeah. Right. But Bill was kind of smarter than Ole, he let at least get into place and started doing things. and you
0: know, so Rock and roll didn't go to Ole. It was the fantastic Terry Taylor. You
1: know, right, but they were yeah. still good looking oh, guys. Oh,
0: absolutely. Fantastic one.
1: Yeah, fantastic ones, Terry yeah. Taylor, uh, right. and Bobby. But there right? were, the, yeah, and but the ugly guys. Well, no, and they were a good tag team. A good team, and Adrian Street. only he didn't know what to do with Street. No, and your heels
0: uh in Georgia. Your heel tag team was Frank Morrell and uh, was it David Novak, the Valley Hunter, yeah. or something yeah. like that? Your heels in <laughs> Louisiana were Jim Cornette. And yeah, I
1: express whole and a whole different, little, situation, little different situation but still. So anyway, I was allowed to do what I went there to do for But Ole never let me do nothing.
0: No, you should have been booking the whole thing because it's even he was going to these big downs in Ohio and everything else, everything was dead because you you should have been booking the main thing. right uh, and uh, maybe how ready has to book Yeah, maybe you go. Come in, and because uh, there's no way uh, that would have ever say. Well, there would have been a way if he would have let you done your deal, but he never intended to let you do it because he had in his mind, wrestling thought Tennessee was too kind of crazy. Yeah, and you know, he would be me that. Uh, but uh, his Tennessee, as you left, was rocking and rolling, uh, just like when you left. Watch this, there. Uh, to wait, uh, you know, Tennessee was so strong, a guy that had been there 10 years, they felt more more uncomfortable with you leaving uh, because they knew the territory was in good shape. Right. And to go in to help somebody else save the, the thing. So the way they wrote you out, do you remember uh, at this point uh, how you, what they did to get you out of here the second time? no well so you you switched you came in back as a heel, switched baby race, switched back and then started uh kind of messing with all all the baby faces and got to it was uh, the last uh, monday uh, of the of the year so that's a good weekend the last uh, monday in december so the 26th or something uh, like that it was a loser league town match and it did $25,000. It wasn't you, auto business, but $25,000, Loser League Town Match,
1: you and Steve Kerr. Yeah, Do you remember really that at all? Really well, not really. Played, but
0: it was a yeah, way to. Yeah, it was Loser League uh, Town Match, and it was a, a hell of a match, and a logical a way to get you out of here. So you started uh, running, and, uh, and so at that uh, point, Maybe I think you guys had already done a podcast about the Mid South Wrestling Days, right? Didn't you tell me one time before you and and uh, Rex had talked about the Louisiana Days before? Um, yeah, I a think we have somewhere. somewhere, yeah, just a little bit. And I certainly, I certainly don't have. I can do Memphis on, on top of my my head. So let's just let's let's just like Rex said earlier, that did an unbelievable money. Unbelievable money. Was Watch the Truth? Did he? You ever get a check for less than
1: three thousand dollars? No. He probably got some of seven and eight. Seven and eight. super bowl Finally. Oh,
0: seven did, and eight dollars. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that, probably a check. Right? I got you. right. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It was all right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So then, time in and uh, that's a hard territory. And as far as mileage and all that, plus it's away from home. The Midnight Express had gone to 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 Crockett to the Carolinas, and that affected your next decision probably uh, more than anything thing because Beverly, uh, with with the grandkids gone and the daughter gone, was ready ready to get away from Louisiana. So, uh, you in November of. Oh no, September of ninety-five, you came back to book uh right at that. You brought the Fantastics with you, sheep came in, uh Wendell Cooley, uh Rick Rick Casey, What you call oh, yeah. Rick Casey here was Wendell Cooley there, uh Buddy that's Dutch Mantell. And that led uh to a to, to two sellouts, the last two sellouts of I mean, infrastructure history, the last Saturday, or the last Monday night of the year in 1985, it was uh, the second loserly town match between Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. This time, the stipulation was Lawler's title, Lawler's hair versus Bill Dundee's hair and Beverly Dundee's hair uh, at stake as well in a match that you won uh, where Jerry Lawler had to go out of uh, town. So that set up uh, just uh, naturally. You were going back to history. Lawler had already shaved the white uh, head uh, before, but this particular time going in, you were the heel, the bad guy. Uh, He was the baby's face, and you kind of stacked the. Yeah, people are thinking I'm BSing you, but I told you my favorite match of all time, second favorite match of all time, is that December thirtieth, nineteen eighty-five match. The psychology of it was uh, was unbelievable unbe- because as Waller, previous in the night had come to save somebody, and and uh, somebody yeah. threw some ink and in oh, so. So he was blinded the whole match. So so the first 15, 20 minutes of the match, you just beat him up the whole time. Finally, he got coming up, and you guys uh, uh, brought back uh, up the bleachers back outside, and one of the best bumps I've ever seen in my life. The uh, bump he, over the rail. Uh, over the rail, down he goes, back in the ring. Here here it goes. I think Tony Falk interfered again. One, two, three, go under your hand. Crazy. I think the people at this point were shocked people at this point were, uh was uh, unlike the last time uh, uh in uh, well no both times you were healed. You know, this this time they were uh, definitely uh, thought you uh, thought you were losing here They thought Jerry is not gonna uh, Dundee's already left y'all leave again but this time for the people, Shit again at him, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, and there he goes. You know, Bill Dundee was the the winner, and so while we're gone, and he wrestled in Hawaii and he wrestled in LA and started traveling around and spent a lot of time off in the territory at this point was spent basically uh going through all the baby faces, and they weren't exactly strong baby races in the first place. So Big Red even came in. You did a uh, funny interview. About Big Red, he came uh, came in and, and went over a big guy, but I wouldn't think the match would have been the greatest. It was no Walter dundee, right? Right. But got your hand raised and, and so the next several months and Baller was supposed to be gone for for a year, but in April of nineteen eighty six there was a match on TV of Jim Jameson and uh, was it David Hassett? It doesn't even matter who it was. But y'all beat the hell. Over. You you and Buddy Landell was attacking. You had uh, turned on Dutch a few weeks before. He had a match earlier and did an interview and uh, went uh, back in the shower and cleaned up while y'all were beating. He didn't know what was going on. But at the end of the match, the referee's name was Jeff Winter. Unbeknownst to the people, it was Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Jarrett's. 18-year-old son, a basketball player. What 160, 170 pounds, mm-hmm. something like that. And so he was a referee as Jeff Winner. People didn't have a clue. At the end, uh, you just uh, uh, sucker punched uh, Jeff. might not, you wouldn't even have a sucker punch. You down. So here comes Jerry Jarrett to make the save. Oh, save. And Jerry, oh, people knew. He just had one good eye. Bill went after the other eye. Jerry went over to the announcer uh, thing. I'm talking about favorite matches. This was my favorite angle. Just a week before, probably drew 2,500 people, 2,000 maybe. It wasn't very good, uh, but you knew where you were going. And the next Monday uh, was supposed to be the Waller comeback, but he had lost the loser league for a year. He knew from the get-go it would be a year when the time was right. He would shoot an angle and then came up with the, the idea was, uh, as Jeff uh, was, as Jeff Jarrett was getting beat up, here comes Jerry, and Jerry tried to Hello. make the save, and they stopped hey. him. Finally, Dutch came in. in the podcast, uh, I call you back, Dutch came in uh, from the shower with a right. towel and everything, and he cleaned the. Uh, I'm talking about when Dutch came in to make the save uh, for. Jeff and Jerry and everybody else. He had been in the shower and he had towel and everything. That hairy back of his was soaked all <laughs> over it. He came in and uh, and then finally, finally, here comes Eddie Marlin out to save uh, the the day. And he said, "I will tell you, just one man that can take care of this." He said, "Bill and he, I'm gonna tell you that will uh, uh, right now." He said, "You'll be raising hell and threatening to sue. Will sue me because one man." And take care of this and that man uh is uh going to be Jerry the King Law and I'm bringing him back and they got, got a telephone from behind the curtain and, and it wasn't you know WWE's known for great production and they would think this was was, was Mickey Mouse production. <laughs> it was Mickey Mouse. That's what made it real to yeah. the people. It was real. And and so so another sellout of eleven thousand uh uh, 600 uh, people for Dutch Mantel,
1: Jerry Lawler
0: against Buddy uh, Landell and Bill Super. Uh, Star Dundee, Dundee, by God. Right. So was was it. Jeff Leonard there? Uh, uh, he made his debut the next week in a 10-minute draw against Tony Fox, as no a matter of fact. And, and of course, the money was Lawler coming back, story to make it make sense. Well, was Jeff, with Jeff and Jerry cried. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was that. a hell of an interview. Wonder if Jerry gave Jeff a payoff? He should have that, got a true. little one. Got a little one, yeah. Well, I don't know we've all had little ones off Jerry. Oh, that's <laughs> why we never had a little one when
1: we there. Yeah, I hear you.
0: I shouldn't say that. When I got sick one time.
1: Uh, right, me too. When I had hepatitis, he paid me every week. Right. So, so that thank happen. you, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, thank
0: you. And uh, this this angle was just a great thing. You missed a great story. As I came to the end of the 19th, we went with the the end of 85 loser leaves down where Dundee won and to the sellout. So we had a sellout on December of the the 30th, Waller and Dundee with the Dundee's hair against Waller's hair. Dundee wins. Waller goes out of the way. So that was a sellout. And then uh, the next sellout was when Waller came back after the Jeff Jarrett getting beat up thing and Jerry Jarrett crime angle on April the fourteenth of uh, nineteen eighty-six, and that match was the last trivia contest, the last sellout in the history of the Mid South Coliseum for, for professional wrestling. It came close, nine, ten thousand people, a couple of times uh, in the past. But Waller, let me throw this in: Waller won the AWA World Title from Kurt Hennig in. Uh, May of eighty eight, and that's a world title match, and it was loaded where it was going to be a switch because they were saying if Waller didn't win, uh, the people Waller give everybody's money back. So if Waller didn't win, you know they get the money back. Waller didn't win, and they wanted that world order yeah. become the world check and That did nine thousand people. So the the loser leave town. Number two was Waller and Dundee Drew Moore, and. Uh, or attendance-wise. Now, ticket-wise, they might have rates of prices big time for the World Battle Match. I don't remember. But then the, the Jeff Jarrett angle to bring Lawler back there. So I think pretty much we started 75 and got us through 86, and they wrestled so many times uh, since then, especially as banking partners. But we, I think we've covered all the money, uh, the yeah. big money deals with the and Lawler. Well, there may be one more left.
1: Yeah, my retirement. Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be great if the Coliseum was no, not workable. Yeah. But if it was, you could sell that. It's not thing and, and all that. So, but there's going to be a building somewhere. You no, know, there's a FedEx form, you know, with 16,000, 18,000 uh, people. But, just, but it'd be great with Coliseum just with the history. I think that oh, would yeah, draw. That yeah, people like draw. Well, draw. Yeah maybe we stirred up something here. Hey, Randy, I'd like to thank you for really coming out and giving all this information. And, and I know you've got a lot of things going. A lot of things. things you go. Tell us what we, what you've got going with the Power Pro and I the I don't want to be talking about trying to sell my Power DVD. Pro, <laughs> you, go right ahead, sir. All right. We appreciate you being here. All right. Uh, you know, Power Pro Wrestling was from 98 to 2001, the first ever developmental territory. Power Pro Wrestling and, uh, you can check out my Facebook page at Randy Hills or Facebook page at PowerProWrestling.com uh, or you know or, PowerProWrestling at Facebook. You know, hey, you're Facebook. Here to releasing the DVDs, the collection, or, just to, and go to Facebook.
1: And we'll do that. I so one. I know
0: we're about done here, but I had a good time. And, and so we'll come back again. And there's a lot, so much more wrestling history. I'm going to say
1: right here and now, if there's any local promoters would like to book, Randy Benton Hales, and Bill, Superstar Dundee, for the show. Just give us a call. He has boots, and I have a merchandise bag. Yeah. I boots will travel.
0: Hey, what are we? you thinking next week? What do you mind cooking up? You got cooking any more lists? Next week, let's do uh, Bill's favorite tag team partners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, we we'll already we'll made the list. Yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll got that. something to talk about, think about yeah. there. All right, well, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks! Bye!